0: Welcome to the Kuita Assembly Youth Podcast. Our goal is to equip you to take on the most revolutionary mission known to man. We hope these messages encourage you and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Please like, share, and subscribe. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. And now, this week's message from Pastor Matt. All right. So, of course... You guys saw that little video of me jumping out of the car. We are continuing our series, Bigger. Last week, we talked about how big God was, and I talked about how big the universe was. A little bit confusing, but the main idea was that God is so big, and God knows every single one of us. He knows every single thing about us, and He still loves us, no matter what He knows about us. All the bad things that we've ever done, all the bad things we've ever thought about, He knows those things, and He still loves us. The title of my message tonight, it's called Big Life, because God has a life bigger for us than we could possibly ever imagine. A life, whenever we think about our life, whenever we think about our future, we think about what makes us happy, we think we know what that is going to entail. We think we know how good that's going to be. But God has a life for each and every one of us that is bigger than we could ever possibly imagine. The main scripture, we're going to go through a couple of verses in the book of John. The main verse is in verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, as Jesus is talking, is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. So the book of John, this passage, John chapter 10, verse 1 through 12, it speaks directly to what is going on in our world today and what is going on in our heart. What, is, what our hearts are crying out to, whether we know it or not, this passage speaks directly to what is going on today. And also, I love the book of John because it makes Jesus kind of sound like Yoda Jesus, Like, it's kind of confusing. He says things kind of backwards. There's a lot of symbolism there. Jesus says a lot of weird stuff in the book of John. But with that being said, I'll explain as I go. So, no further ado. John chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus says, he says, Therefore, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. So right off the bat, we're like, okay, Jesus, what are you talking about? Sheeps, robbers, walls, like what are you talking about here? Jesus is referring to us as the sheep, and he's referring to the sheepfold as everything that you could possibly want. Paradise. It's living that life in God, living inside of that sheepfold. It is everything you could ever want. It's that safety. You got that wall around you. You know that nothing is going to get in, and nothing is going to be able to attack you. Whenever you're a sheep and you're in that sheepfold, that is true joy, true peace, true happiness, true satisfactions. It's your deepest needs ever that you've ever had. It's met and fulfilled. It's that sense of fulfillment. It's that God-sized hole in your heart being filled. And it is where you find meaning. And it is where you find identity is in the sheepfold. And, of course, the thief and the robber. Jesus says that if, if anyone tries to go over the wall... That is the thief and the robber. And, of course, we know who Jesus is talking about when he refers to the thief and the robber. Of course, he's talking about our enemy. He's talking about the devil, or the Bible refers to him as Satan. We've all seen him in TV shows. We've seen him in movies about all the weird stuff that um, talks about Satan. But what you need to know tonight is that there is an enemy. There is a devil. There is a Satan. And his one and only goal is to steal, kill, and to destroy. Just like he said in that first verse I read. And the crazy thing is, the scary thing, is that the devil, he disguises himself as something good. A lot of times, the devil is disguised in things that seem good in the moment that we would never realize unless we know God's voice. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11. G, uh, the Bible says, Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. An angel of light is something that appears to be good, but it's really Satan disguising himself. Satan, he disguises himself in a lot of things going on in the world and the culture, and if we don't know God's voice, then we're not going to be able to identify what those are. So he disguises himself in many forms, and that's always, of course, the news media, the politicians, celebrities. He even disguises himself and things that your friends say on Instagram and Snapchat. Now bear with me. I'm not saying that everyone is evil. And I'm especially not saying that your friends are Satan or the devil. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are lies going on in the world right now that are even being repeated. And they seem good in the moment. But in reality, it is the devil disguising himself as something good to try to get us to fall away from God. Some of those lies is anything that separates you from your relationship with Christ. So if anything in this culture, anything in this world, if it doesn't help you grow in your relationship with God, it is really the devil disguising himself to try to get you away from that relationship with Jesus. This kind of sounds confusing, but as we go on, it'll explain. These lies are anything that make you fall away from your relationship with Jesus. It's things that make you not want to invite your friends to church. It's things that make you not want to share your faith with Jesus. The lies that are going on that the devil disguises himself are things like, you don't need to go to church. You don't need God. You don't need Jesus. You can find life apart from God. You can find happiness without God. Now that part, that is actually kind of true. Because you can find happiness without God. Because happiness is always based on what's happening. Happiness is based on what is going on in in your current situation. And of course, if you don't know God, you can find happiness. Because it's all based on what's happening, what's going on. But you will never find true joy. Joy is something that you have no matter what is going on around you. Whether it's something good, whether it's something bad. Joy comes from God. And the lies that the devil will tell you is that you can have true joy without finding God you can have that fulfillment you can find meaning and identity apart from God and these are all lies that the devil is trying to to distract us with in the world and the enemy he takes on many forms with one goal in mind and that goal is always to still kill and destroy so with a few things to find let's continue in this book don't worry I'm not gonna keep you guys long I want to get through this John chapter 1, stay with me, or John chapter 10, verse 1. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. So we know the thief and the robber, we know the sheep. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. His, his sheep, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they know his voice. Jesus is saying that there are voices in the world. There's going to be gods, and then there's going to be the enemies. Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice do you hear? Whenever God calls you, are you able to know if that's God calling you or not? Whose voice is leading you in this world? Because the enemy, I know this is taking a dark turn, but the enemy, he is always trying to seek you. and He's always trying to get you to hear his voice instead of God's. One of my favorite verses, okay, I'm, I have to stop saying that because I'm, I can literally say that by any verse I preach about. One of the well-known verses is 1 Peter 5.8. It says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the devil, the Bible says, he's always looking for someone to devour. And whether we realize it or not, he is going to be there and he's going to be seeking after us. And so there's always going to be voices. God's voice or the enemy's. And you might say, Pastor Matt, how do you hear God's voice? How am I supposed to know what God's voice says in this world? How am I supposed to know if it's something that's going to lead me closer to a relationship with Jesus or something that's going to lead me away? And the only thing I can say is you've got to know what this says. Because the Bible, another word Bible is called the Word of God. Because we believe that God actually wrote the Bible, that he is the author, and that every word in here is because God said it. And so the more you know the Bible, you're going to be able to know if something you hear in the world is from God or if it's from the enemy. If it's something that's going to lead you astray or if it's something that's going to lead you into a closer relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know what this says, then you're not going to be able to know the shepherd's voice. Remember, in, in, the, in verse 4 and 5, he says, he gathers his flock, and his flock follows him. How are we going to be able to follow Jesus unless we know his voice? And how can we know his voice unless we know the word of God? The Bible continues. Verse 6, it says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration, they didn't understand what he meant. Because, so he explained it to them. And that's because, of course, no one ever knew what Jesus meant because Je- Jesus always said confusing things. So Jesus explained it to him. He says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep, they did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Jesus is the gate, and that's another lie that you're going to hear in the world, the culture, is that there are many ways to get into heaven. That if you just be a good person, if you just do the right things, then there are many roads that lead to heaven. But the Bible is very clear that there is only one way, and that way is through Jesus. Jesus says, he says, I am the gate. You have to come through me if you want to find that paradise. If you want to go into that sheepfold, all that meaning, that satisfaction, that, that purpose. If you want to find true, everlasting life, you have to come through me. Another verse, I put it on the scripture. It's in John chapter, four, John chapter 14, verse 6. She so says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You cannot come to the Father except through me. If you are looking for life. If you're looking for meaning and purpose and identity, you can only find that in Jesus because Jesus says that he is the gate. Another thing this verse says, it says, they will come and go freely and you will find good pastures in Jesus. You are free whenever you are in Jesus. Jesus. And whenever you are in Christ, you are at your freest whenever you are in Christ. Whenever you are a Christian, whenever you wholeheartedly give your life to God, that is whenever you're at your freest. And you say, Pastor Matt, that doesn't make sense. Because if I I give my life to Jesus, then there's this whole Bible I have to read, I have to pray, I have to go to church. That just sounds like a lot of rules. Like how am I going to be free if I have to follow all those rules? Let me tell you. Let's use this illustration one time. Me and Brooklyn, we were going on a run, and then all of a sudden, this dog comes running after us. You're like, what in the world? Is this dog going to attack us? We don't know. It came up, and it started sniffing us, and then it would not leave us alone. It ended up being a stray dog. It didn't have a collar. It followed us um, because we were the only people around to give it attention. And so we ran all around Kuwaita, and it followed us the entire run to where we went into our house, and it waited on our porch, and it finally went somewhere. We don't know where it went. But all that to say is what, which dog is the freest? The dog that is astray and it's able to run around as much as it wants or the dog that's in a backyard? Which dog is more free? The dog that's loose and can run around or the dog that's in the backyard? It's the one that's in the backyard, because the one that's in the backyard, it has owners. It has somebody who loves her. It has somebody who's going to feed it every day. It's going to give it water. It's there to protect it. It puts it in a fence, and it says, you can have all this grass. You can have all this yard, and you can run around, and you can be safe, because I know that if you get outside of this fence, there's danger. You can run, and you can get hit by a car. So the, the dog that's the freest is the one that's in the backyard, because it has somebody who's looking after it, it has somebody to love it, to show it, atten- show it all the attention and love that it needs, and to feed for it, and to, and to be there for it, and it is free to go anywhere within those boundaries. The dog that is a stray has nobody to look out for it. It has nobody to provide for it. Nobody is looking for that dog, and it's in constant danger of running into a road and getting hit. So the dog that that is the freest, is the one with the boundaries. And it's the same thing in life. If you think that you're going to live free, that you you don't want the rules of Christianity, you don't want to have to follow Jesus because you think that's too much rules, you just want to live your life a part of God, I will tell you, you are more of a slave then than if you give your life to Jesus. It's one of the great paradoxes of Christianity that in order to be free, you have to surrender your life if you surrender your whole life to God, if you give everything you have to God, that is whenever you are at your freest. That is when you feel more alive. Another great verse is in John chapter 8. This is two chapters before this. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who lives a life apart of me is a slave to that. You are not free if you live your life apart of Jesus. He says you are a slave. and He says a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. And Jesus says, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus says, if you come and you find life in me, that is when you're at your freest. Whenever you give your whole life to me, whenever you give me your whole heart, if you hold anything back, you're not going to that, find that fulfillment and that freedom that you are so looking for. And then we get to John chapter 10. It says the thief's purpose is Jesus talking about the the sheep and the thieves again. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. The way the message translation says it, it, it says, a thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life more and better than they ever dreamed of. Jesus says that the thief, the devil, he only wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that is apart from God, it's only going to kill, it's only going to steal, and it's only going to destroy. You can test me on this. Any sin that you commit, it's fun in the moment, but it's going to catch up with you, and it's going to destroy you in the inside. But Jesus says, I am here to offer you eternal life. We all kind of know what that means. That means that whenever we die, we get to go to heaven with Jesus because of that eternal life. And eternal life is real. It's as real as this life is right now. But one thing about eternity, and this is going to blow your mind. It's really hard to wrap your head around it. Think about how long forever is. Forever has no end. Like you just think how long forever is. And you think, okay, you thought really far. And then it's even that much further past that. And then it's even that much further past that. That is how long forever is. But forever, eternal life is present and future. It's just as deep as it is wide. Eternal life is just, just as much now as it is in the future. Let me explain. Eternal life, the life that Jesus has for us, of true satisfaction, that gives us a life of satisfaction and meaning. A rich and a satisfying life, it says in the NL team. That is for us today. We're going to have our fulfillment. We're going to have that life whenever we go and we die and we are in heaven we're doing whatever we want with Jesus. And we can talk more about that later. But Jesus says that fulfillment in that life, that is just as much for you today as it is for you then. Eternal life is just as deep as it is long. That means as soon as you wholeheartedly give your life to Jesus, You find that freedom. You find that life and that meaning because that is what eternal life is all about. As soon as you give your life to Jesus, you step in to that eternal life. You step in to that life that Jesus has for you. You become a new creation. Like, Pastor Matt, how is that possible? How how is that possible that I can have that eternal life? How can I have that rich and that meaningful life? Jesus explains. He says in John chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run whenever he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock Jesus proved that he is able to offer that big life, that life of eternity and the meaning in eternal life because he sacrificed his life on the cross. Jesus says, I, I am here to give you eternal life, and I am able to prove that because a, a, the shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. He says, "A hired hand, they don't care about what's going on in your life. That means if you don't have Jesus, if you don't have Jesus watching over the gate in your life, if an enemy comes to attack no one's going to be there to defend them off. But Jesus says, I will be there, and I will even sacrifice my life to protect you from those things. I will sacrifice myself to ensure that you will have that, sh- that meaning. It all goes back to that sheep and the sheepfold. We are his sheep, and he is the shepherd. And as long as we are in the walls, as long as we are in that pasture, we have everything that we ever need. And that is Jesus is able to provide that. Because he sacrificed his life. So whenever things go wrong in the world, everything will fall apart. And nothing you can try to lean on will ever ever help you lean on that. It will ever be strong enough. So whenever things fall apart in your life, nothing will ever catch you besides Jesus. And I can say that because I've lived my life apart from Jesus. And things have gone wrong in my life before I met Jesus. And everything fell apart. I had nothing to lean on. I had no foundation. And so whenever my life came crashing down, I had nowhere to go. And that was a dark point. But a few years later, everything comes crashing down in my life again. But then I had that foundation of Jesus. I have something to lean on. And it is all okay because of that. Jesus was there to give me that foundation. So nothing you can lean on, drugs, alcohol, pornography, acceptance online, nothing will be there for you and nothing will give you the life that you're wanting. Starting in about sixth grade, going into eighth grade, I try to look for that meaning and that purpose and I try to find that satisfaction anywhere I could and so of course I turned really early on in my life to drugs and alcohol, trying to find I can escape, trying to find a, a sense of a purpose because life wasn't good then. And so I tried to find something to give me that escape, to try to give me that, the happiness that I was looking for, try to find some kind of joy because there was nothing good about life before I met Jesus. And so I was always trying to look for something to make me happy, something to help me escape what was going on. And let me tell you, none of those things ever satisfied None of those things ever made me feel any better. Instead, it always left me wanting more. It felt good for a few minutes, and then as soon as it left, I felt worse and had to have more of whatever it was. That is because the Bible describes um, something like this. It says there is a God-sized hole in your heart, and you're always trying to fill it. You're always trying to fill it, and nothing ever fills that hole in your heart. Nothing is ever big enough to, to fill that So if you try to do anything else besides God, nothing can do it but God. And as soon as you give your whole life to God, that is when you find your freedom. And that is when you find that purpose. Only Jesus can do that. And he proved that by dying on the cross for us. He sacrificed himself so that we can have a big life. The worship team will go ahead and come up. To deny it. I know I kind of rambled on through this passage, but there's one main point. It's in John 10, 10, the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Things in this life, they will kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus gives us eternal life. Jesus gives us meaning, he gives us purpose. Whenever we are in our sins, we are slave to sins, but we are in Christ, we are free. So my challenge for you tonight is do not leave here in slavery. If you don't get anything else from this message, don't leave here tonight in slavery. Slavery. If you came in and you have a sin problem, if you have an addiction problem, if you have anything that you're trying to find life in apart from God, don't leave here tonight with that in your life. I can't be any more clear than that. Don't leave here tonight in your bondage because God, he wants nothing more for you than happiness. I don't know what you heard about God before tonight. I don't know what you know about God, but God is not in heaven with a with a button ready to push it to smite you, to hit you with lightning when you do something wrong. God does not delight in punishing us. God does not delight whenever we mess up and then we get ourselves in trouble. God only wants life for you. God only wants you to have that meaning, that purpose, that happiness, and that life. So don't leave here without it. Because the only thing that's keeping you from that is yourself. The only thing keeping you from that is you withholding your heart from God. Because the only thing God wants, he wants you to give him your life. He wants you to surrender everything 100%. Because if you don't give him 100%, you're not going to find that meaning and that purpose. Leave tonight knowing that you are free. Leave here tonight knowing that you are living the big eternal life that God has for you today. But that first comes through, through surrender. And that comes through giving God everything in your life. So tonight, we're going to do one th- two things. First is, with every head bowed and every eye closed, the worship team is going to continue to sing. But there's one more thing I want to do tonight to make this more lasting. I don't want you guys to leave here tonight just because you listened to another sermon. I want this to make a difference in your life. The Bible talks a lot about sacrifices, it talks a lot about altars. Before Jesus, people had to sacrifice an animal and kill it and that atoned for their sins and that made them able to, to, to have the presence of God in life. The altars right here, these red and blue, and just the stage in general, today it represents a place where you surrender. The Bible talks about giving God a living sacrifice, and that living sacrifice is your life. It's giving God everything, it's that surrender. So if you came in here with any part of you withholding from God, if you're with anything less than 100%, if you have anything to surrender, I want you to come right now to the altar, and this is where we're gonna lay it down it doesn't do anything um it's not a magic thing it doesn't do anything to save you it doesn't do anything to make you more holy what it does it puts a little bit of perspective of you giving that burden to god give you giving that sin you giving that addiction you giving whatever it is you're withholding to god that anxiety that fear whatever it is we're going to come and we're going to stand up here and we're going to pray and we're going to give it to god right here at the altar and i'm going to be the first person up here to do that Your hands. Thank you, Jesus, for your majesty. Thank you, Jesus, for your for your rule and your authority over all of creation and over all the earth and over our lives. God, we thank you that you're in control then we're not. Because God, if we were in control, things would have fallen apart a long time ago. God, we know that you hold everything in your hands and everything is in your is in your control, God. Father, I just thank you for everything that's going on in these students' lives. God, I pray that every student who raised their hand, every student who prayed a prayer, God, I pray you let that salvation stake, Father. Lord, I pray that anybody walked in here with any sin, any burden, any anxiety, any fear, I pray you let that leave. And as soon as I walk out of that door, God, I pray you let them feel that freedom that you have for each and every one of them, God. God, I pray you let that life transformation stick, God, there's nothing I can do, nothing I can say to transform a life. And it's all through your power that you can go and you can change a heart and you can change a life. And it's all because of what you do, God, not what we do. God, we just put, you, put that in perspective. We thank you for what you're doing in here. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, you guys. If you guys remember anything, it's that like God has a great life for you. Nothing about this sermon is supposed to scare you. Nothing about it is supposed to make you feel down. If anything, God has a great big life for each and every one of you. just comes through surrender. So remember this. There's nothing you can ever do to make God love you anymore. There's nothing you can make him do to love you any less. He already loves you more than you could possibly imagine. All right, guys. You guys are dismissed.